0: I'm fine if the Dodgers then lose the Giants. that's fine whatever I just god I hate Cardinals because they're like we just, we play baseball the right way Yadier Molina is the best player at all time don't you ever say anything bad about him
1: I actually I like Wainwright Wainwright yeah he's fine interesting I like Wainwright um, yeah. I like some of their players this year it's like mm-hmm. I like Wainwright, I like Goldschmidt. I like Arenado.
0: Yeah, I like all the people they've gotten the last few years from trades. Yeah, basically, I like
1: all those
0: guys. Like, I really like Paul Goldschmidt. I thought, I loved him in uh, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I was and always I mean, like, man, know- I just want him to get the credit he's he's due for being such a great player. And then the Cardinals got him. I was like, fuck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, and Yadier was never my favorite name. That Molina, I was always a Benji fan.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I I liked Benji when he played for the Angels.
1: <laughs> name that Molina, Yadier. That was that was a funny little bit on Sports Center back in the day.
0: Was it the, the third one? Was Jose right? I think so. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, Yadier obviously the best out of the three of them.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: It's like, I'm kind of torn because I don't like the Dodgers. Yeah. But, damn it, man. All those guys they have, I mean, it's more interesting to watch the Dodgers in the playoff. Oh, for sure. And they got Mookie. That Mookie. They got Seer. They've got the dying corpse of Cody Bellinger. They have, they've got uh... fucking Traitor. Dude, so Wainwright just threw like almost like an ethos curveball Trey Turner swung at it. It was like a foot outside and somehow broke his damn back. <laughs> and they turned a double play on him. They turned a double play on fucking Trey Turner. Wow. Wow. But, I mean, you look at the damn Dodgers. I mean, like, and and as for the Dodgers, it's like, I'm a big Walker Bueller fan. Uh-huh. I just think he's so fucking good. It's like, it's like if you saw Walker Bueller out in public, you'd be like, you know, who the hell is this guy? And I mean, he's like one of the, hes like easily one of the most dominant fucking pitchers in baseball. It's like, what?
0: I also—he's got
1: kind of like that okay. Maddox thing about him. So, oh yeah,
0: good. I was just gonna say, I also think because uh, you just mentioned Trey Turner, and I also know that uh, the Dodgers have Chris Taylor, uh, and right. those two might be like the best players from their respective schools to play in the majors. I can get with that. Cause I don't, I don't know that there's been a, a oh wait a minute, wait, fuck me out. <laughs> Ryan Zimmerman exists. Oh, I'm so stupid. Very true. Very I'm true. True. Very so true. Very stupid. True. Oh, I forgot about Zimmerman. Yeah, and I know there's yeah. been like one or two Virginia UVA players before them, like Javi, the the not Danny catcher Javier obviously. Lopez. Yeah, Dan, but Danny never made the majors. Danny was probably Danny the best. The, Danny was probably the best prospect to ever come out of uva but because he he i think he got to play like pitch like a couple innings for the cubs last year but like it, yeah because he got super fucked by injuries um yeah, yeah but yeah he he was the best player i think that's ever come out of virginia um but he just never got to show it
1: yeah i mean he got hurt and yeah it happens that shit happens i mean especially with those pitchers man you never know
0: yeah, because who was that? It was the the Stanford dude, uh Mark Apple Appel, Appel Apple yeah.
1: Appel, however the fuck they say his name, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean he he fucked himself up. That's true.
0: Yeah, that his number
1: true. one pick in the draft and was not sign. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that one's That's, that's... a lot of Scott Boris. <laughs> I was Ooh. about to say that's that's the Scott Boris clients for you. So we're right into the fucking ship. <sighs> well, oh, Wayne Wright just cruising.
0: I guess we can talk about baseball, but this is one of those fun things that we get to do on the Foreign Affair podcast uh, is Is we get to talk because we do this on Wednesday nights and apparently something fun for baseball in the postseason always happened on Wednesday nights. Uh, we MLB, get to,
1: college, whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, we get to talk through this uh, Cardinals-Dodgers game as it's going on right now in the bottom of the sixth, tied 1-1 with... Uh, by my count, one out here in the in the that is,
1: that is correct. I'm I'm watching it on the TBS app with my dad's login. <laughs>
0: Shit, boy. Um, so yeah, welcome everyone to the Affordable Affair Podcast episode 384 My name is Edward Green, joined as always by McCall and Crime West Bradshaw um, We're going to have a big episode today Right in as we head into another international break uh, We're going to talk about the week that was in the Premier League uh, For week 7, had some really big matches happening in there Some very important matches happening in there uh, And I'm curious to, uh, I, I kind of want to get West's thoughts of uh, Of based on you know what we talked about at the beginning of the season for what would be the top teams. I want to kind of see how he's feeling about where those teams he thought would be at the top, how they're doing now seven matches in. Um, so we'll do that. We'll hit some news and notes. Uh, we'll do the watch four. We'll pimp the athletic, and we'll just do it up right. Uh, as always, the podcast presented by NGSC Sports at Sports.com. We never stop. Uh, also, powered by Sports. Uh, anchor on Spotify. If you have a question for us, you want to shoot in via voice message. Click the link in the description and send it to us. And if it's good enough and not too vulgar, a little, a little is fine. Just not too much. We'll, uh, we'll put it on the air here. Um, all right, Wes. Let's get into it. Match week seven. Here were the results uh, as we run through them. Uh, Anthony Martial got his goal for Manchester United, and everything was great in the first half. And then Andrus Townsend set. Fuck you, Manchester United. His goal in the 65th minute equalized things at 1-1, and he didn't even did the little Cristiano Ronaldo celebration in the corner flag. It was, oh, it was great. I loved it. Uh, that match finished 1-1. Uh, Chelsea overcame a James Ward-Prowse penalty in the 61st minute uh, to score two late goals after Ward-Prowse of Southampton was sent off via our red card. Uh, Timothy Chaloba also with an early goal in this one. But uh, Timo Werner, uh, thank God it was rainy so that his mishit could actually slip off his foot and go in the goal. So thank God it was rainy at uh, Stamford Bridge on that day is that Chelsea cruise to a 3-1 win in the end. Uh, Leeds, Danny Llorente, uh with the goal in that in, in the 18th minute uh, as he returns to Leeds as they beat Watford 1-0. Uh, Wolves with their new uh, South Korean import. Uh, Hyung, oh, God, I'm going to fuck this name up so bad, so I'm just going to call him Hee uh, Chin Hwang. There we go. Uh, with two goals uh, at the Molyneux. The first two home goals, Wolves to score the season as they down Newcastle 2-1. Burnley uh, Norwich and Hove in Arsenal both played to nil-nil no draws. Trust us, it happened. Uh, Sunday was much more interesting. Uh, Spurs, very important win 2-1 over Aston Villa. Ollie Watkins equalized things in the 67th minute, uh, but Spurs answered right away through a breakaway from Hyungman's son. He fed in uh, Lucas Moura, although was eventually given as an own goal for Spurs and Nuno to get a very important 2-1 victory. Uh, Brentford keep on keeping on. Scoring in deep, 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 deep Fergie time at the London Stadium to beat West Ham 2-1. Uh, on a set piece that went awry. Wissa with the goal in the 94th minute uh, to just keep this Brentford happy story alive. Uh, Crystal Palace comes down from 2-0 at the half to draw Lester 2-2. Uh, Jeff Schlupp on for 20 20- Five seconds scores in the 72nd minute to equalize for the Eagles and make Rebecca Lowe very happy and finally end of the game I'm sure Wes is most excited to get to Liverpool to Manchester City to I told you all last week this is a match that has constantly delivered in the last four or five years of us doing this podcast and for one half I was made out to be a fucking liar but the second half the second half was actually what we expected to happen Uh, a great second half from both teams uh, as each team fired back and forth Liverpool with goals from Mane and Salah City with goals from Foden and De Bruyne just a great 45 minutes of football in the second half there uh, as the teams share the spoils at Anfield. Um, so, Wes, I'm sure you want to start there, um, but obviously there's, there was a couple big results on the weekend, but that was easily, not just for both these teams, but for the title race at large, the biggest one.
1: Uh, d- darn fine place to start. Uh, last match of the weekend, and it was, um, it was an important one. And yes. with the second half, it lived up to its billing um, because that first half... <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> That was a uh, man. That was that was tough to watch. <laughs> I mean, as a liver well, as a Liverpool fan, it was tough to watch. I'm sure uh, both city fans were really excited about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's I know right now Chelsea are at the top of the Premier League, and arguably you can put them in the conversation. But over the last four or five years, Liverpool and City are the two best teams in the uh, in the league. Um, And that's how it played out on the day. Uh, City really dominant in the first half. Uh, Liverpool without Trent Alexander-Arnold. Starting James Milner at right back. And look, nobody loves James Milner as much as I love James Milner. Uh, Except now maybe my fiancé, who quite loves James Milner. (laughs) Um, But... Uh, Pep with one of his, uh, you know, Pep's always tinkering, and we give Pep a lot of shit for his tinkering. Hmm? But you know what, folks? I mean, all honesty to Pep Guardiola, the man has made a whole hell of a lot more right moves than he has wrong <laughs> moves over That's the years. True. It's just, unfortunate, unfortunately for him, he he makes a handful of wrong moves on the biggest stages. Yes. But he had a great idea for this when he said, "Oh, look, there will be no Trent Alexander-Arnold. I will put Phil Foden on the old man Milner." <laughs> Good call. And, yeah. You yeah, know, folks, we're we're in a uh, you hate to call him a golden generation of English players. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. doesn't work well. But there's a really, really super good generation of young English players, pretty much like under 24. And guess what? Phil Foden is the gem of that group. Yeah. As much as I love Harvey Elliott, as much as I love Trent, um, Phil Foden is the gem of that group. Um, Phil Foden is the guy that, if they had any money right now, you know um, Barcelona and Real Madrid would be beating down the damn door to She went up to get Phil Foden Um, Masterstroke, and Foden just kept running and running and running and running at James Miller all (laughs) night long. And um, James Miller did his uh, best impersonation of an Italian defender. He he pulled out every dark art that he knew, (laughs) every piece of black magic that he could go to. And he had to, I mean, that was the only way he was surviving that match. He, he'll, he'll be the first one to tell you. <laughs> um, uh, and in the first half, uh, they got, they got Milner on a yellow card, which that kind of come into play later, sort of, kind of almost, but <laughs> yeah. um, almost, almost, uh, but Phil Foden was just running that match in the first half and um, Liverpool, very fortunate, and they can thank uh, the great Alisson Becker for giving them the halftime in the tie match. Um, as Jurgen Klopp sprinted down the tunnel, um, once again, my fiancé said, "Oh, this isn't going to be a pretty halftime for somebody. And apparently it wasn't. <laughs> but what it did was uh, it, it brought us in the second half a very refocused uh, Reds group. Uh, Liverpool came out in the second half and they were taking it right at City. Um, got the opener on a counterattack. Uh, Mo Salah threading a ball, just an absolute inch perfect ball to Sadio Mane. Uh, Mane took it one time, absolutely buried it, world class finish. Uh, Reds went up 1 0. <laughs> and then Phil Foden got his very deserved goal. <laughs> Just an outstanding move on the outside. Milner gave him just a little too much room. They played a little too far off of him. Phil Pudden stepped back, put a shot, put a... God, when you go back and watch the angle of that oh, shot... Oh, yeah. It's shot like back, an inch back, perfect. Allison, how the, I mean, how the hell does that ball go in? Like no, Hardly anyone else is pulling that off. I mean, other than maybe Mo Salah. <laughs> um, no one else is pulling that off. Pudden slams it home. We're tied up. And, man, just like... You know, just like it used to be before COVID when Anfield was patent and going crazy. Anfield was patent and going crazy. And what did that environment do? It just lifted. It lifted the Reds. Gee, okay, did flip? Um, it lifted Liverpool. They come back, get potentially the goal of the season from Mo Salah. Um, you know, this week all the Liverpool shows are arguing, was this the greatest goal you've ever seen at Anfield? A lot of people. Oh, yeah, it's the greatest goal I've ever seen. One guy says, eh, I mean, I've seen twenty just as good, if not better." But, uh, <laughs> okay. okay, I'm sure you're fun. I'm sure you're fun at parties, but okay. <laughs> um, uh, Salah comes back once again, gets that just magnificent goal where it seemed like he put half of City's defense on their butts, and they were <laughs> watching him go around everyone. <laughs> um, and then uh, in the last ten minutes. Um, I mean, I, I guess you have to say it was a deserved equalizer. City definitely deserved, at the worst, a draw in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, De Bruyne takes a wicked shot, takes a funky deflection off of um, Joel Matip, gets past Allison. 2-2, uh, <clears throat> two, two, you think, all right, there go the dramatics. Oh, no, oh, no, off a corner... Um, Fabinho with a wide open goal and then Rodri sliding in at the last possible moment to make an absolute world-class clearance. Um, and that, that's, that spelled the day. 2-2 final. Um, the two powerhouses of the Premier League, they split their first match together. Uh, City still has not won this century at Anfield with people in the stands. asterisk on that bullshit last year yeah yeah, yeah, y'all wanted an empty stadium fuck you um still haven't done it with the fans there um uh for liverpool i think liverpool (laughs) you know the at halftime if you had said hey you're gonna get a point out of this game oh thank god that'd be great uh with 10 minutes to go and you're up two one after the solid goal you'd be losing your mind what do you mean we're gonna draw and then especially as that ball fell to the feet of Fabinho you're going what the hell do you mean we're gonna draw <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day each team takes a point and um we end this uh round of premier league play going in the international break with uh chelsea liverpool city in that order one two three
0: and, and that is something I, I did because I, m- I mentioned at the beginning I want to get your thoughts um, because as we do take a quick look at the table here, um, Chelsea do lead by one point over Liverpool uh, and then one point back of them. Are City, United, Everton, Brighton, and uh, uh, sorry, and Brighton, uh, and then Brentford and Tottenham are just a couple points back from them uh, at the bottom of your heart. The relegation zones: Southampton are at four and seventeenth. Burnley and Newcastle both at both at three, and Norwich right now at one. Those bottom four teams still without a win. But West, what I want to get your take on is right now, if I'm just looking at the table itself and through the magic of goal differential. Um, The top four teams you had at the beginning of the season when we were doing our preseason predictions, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, United, they're all there. Um, But I want to know, based on how these first seven weeks are going, do you feel better about any of these teams? Do you feel worse about any of these teams? Has your opinion on any of these four teams changed? Because when we talked about it, it was like there's the rest of the league and then there's these four and they're pretty clearly the top four in the league and then you could break it down well maybe United's the worst mm-hmm. of the four and go on from there but I want to know now after after seven weeks what are your take on this that
1: the top four well and just looking at the points you're going to say Wes what the hell are you talking about I think we I think we have a defined top three okay um and United now? I mean, I'm not, like, just piling on United here because I'm a Liverpool guy, but you look just at what Chelsea, Liverpool, and City have done so far. Uh, I mean, you take away that first match of the year kind of weird City loss to Tottenham. Mm -hmm. I mean, you take that out, and they're right there with them at the top. Um, Also, when you look at the schedule, those top three, they have all played each other. Um, obviously, uh, they, uh, Liverpool drew with both city and, uh, Chelsea and, uh, and city beat Chelsea head to head. Um, United has not played any of them yet. Um,
0: but they're about to,
1: so, so, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe by the next international break, we'll really see something, but, um, well, I don't think the next one's till like March, but anyway, you know what I mean? Um, um, so yeah, United are gonna have a chance to make a statement, but the problem with Uni- the United's problem sitting there at four is well, time for third however we're looking at United. Sure. United just haven't looked good. Yeah. Outside I mean, of like st- the
0: first week, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean they've struggled two win games. They've had to get some uh you know, they they've had to get uh some Weird bounces, some late winners, and overall, you know, we said you know Ronaldo's going to bring goals, but it doesn't mean it's really going to make this team better. They're still they're 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 top heavy in some positions and light in other ones, and I think that's held. Um, where I think City and Liverpool, City and Liverpool are the two teams. I think you know what you're getting from them. Mm-hmm. I really think week to week, you know what you're getting. Now that doesn't mean that something weird might not happen. I mean, Liverpool giving up three to Brentford. I mean, that, who saw that coming? Mm-hmm. You know, City losing to uh, Tottenham and just looking a net in front of goal. I think what you know you're getting from those two is you're you're getting proven proven uh, winners. Proven CVs, things that you you just know they can do. Um, when you look at them, uh, City are have been a little wasteful in front of goal. Maybe that maybe not having that um, that solid striker, which they were trying to get with Harry Kane. Um, Liverpool still have guys who are. For all intents and purposes, playing their way back into game shape from a year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, Van Dyke has looked good, but Van Dyke hasn't been total Van Dyke yet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You've seen the flashes of it, but not the entire like repertoire of it. Um, so that's still out there. Ooh, Cardinals gal Um And Chelsea. Chelsea, I, I just – I don't totally know what I'm expecting from Chelsea week to week because they're still having injury issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had some COVID issues. And ju- they just had some issues at Chelsea. And yet they still find themselves top of the league. So, obviously, they're doing something right. Um, and really, I mean, those are the three that I – those are the three that I think I trust right now. I just I'm, – I'm not ready to fully trust um, – Trust Manchester
0: United. Well yeah. And uh, oh
1: I'm sorry. Yeah. Keep going. No, 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 no. I mean that, that's just something. Hey, I'm not fully ready to trust United.
0: Yeah, and and you know, there's been there's been a lot of talk about Ole's job over there. There was the comment uh, from Sir Alex Ferguson that came out a day or two ago that was like, Well, you gotta start your best players. Why wasn't Ronaldo right. starting against Everton? Bli bla blah blah blue. Um right. But I agree with you. Like if we if we just look at United's schedule thus far this year, they pounded Leeds and Newcastle, which okay. They drew Southampton. They beat Wolves one 0 They beat West Ham two one. They lost to Villa one 0 and now they just drew Everton. And now here, after we come back from the break, is there the rest of October and uh, November? They go to Leicester. They get Liverpool at home. They go to Spurs. They get City at home, they get Watford, which okay. Then they have to go to Chelsea, and then they have Arsenal at home. That's their next seven. That's the that's the top six plus Leicester essentially right there. Um, if if we're talking about the top six in classic terms. So at, at the end of November, we're going to know who United is. Um, and of course, they saw their Champions League run, which has been a little screwy as well. So yeah, I I think. There is a lot to, to think about for, for United coming up here. And one thing I would say, not so much in Ole's defense, but Cristiano Ronaldo is a mar- a modern marvel of a guy yeah. who is in like incredible shape. It doesn't matter, though. This... The, the schedule, once we hit, like, near the end of November into December, and then the beginning of January, destroys everyone. And it will destroy him, too. Only can't start Ronaldo every match. I don't know if he yeah. can play him every match. So, at some point, like... And United is more than Ronaldo. I totally believe that. But at some point, they, they can't just rely on him every every week to go out and win matches. And... Ole can't be looking over his shoulder and be like, shit, well, I I mean, he's maybe one of our best players. I guess I have to start him every week. Like, you're going to burn him into the ground. Like, it's – it's. I I, I don't say Ole doesn't deserve the criticism and he doesn't deserve the pressure. But it's a lot of pressure he's now under, Um, especially when you have the guy who I think by all accounts I've read – Ferguson really wanted Solskjaer in the role. So when he comes out and says, why weren't you starting Cristiano? Well, that that starts to get a little nervy. And I I don't think the United board has an itchy trigger finger,
1: but it's not a good look. So that's kind of where I am right now, Wes. Right. And, And now just a little context on that Ferguson quote that was made. Oh, please. That was... That was uh, a video that somebody shot with their phone. That Ferguson was um, in the whatever the VIP part of what you know, what, whatever it is um, that he sits in on game day, and he was talking to basically a fan up there. Now I think the fan who did I hear was it was maybe maybe it was like a, a, an MMA fighter or something like that. I, I don't mm. know. It was it was somebody who was like another sports personality up there. And really, it was just a conversation between two people. Okay, it, it it wasn't like the media was like, "Hey, what do you think, Sir Alex?" Holloway? Right. I should have done this. I mean, basically, it was like it was like say you and I sitting at the ball game, going, "Oh man, yeah, back uh, Scherzer sure does suck tonight." And then suddenly, um, you know, oh, Bradshaw and Green say Max Scherzer sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that got a little taken out of context. But the problem is, you know, right now with Ollie, A, I don't think Ollie is on any sort of a hot seat. But Uh the media, (laughs) I don't want to like blame the media and totally let him off of anything. But the media knows that trying to cause. Fireworks at Manchester United—that gets clicks. That in the old days—that sells newspapers, whatever the hell those are now. Um, So I I do think there's a level there of the media kind of trying to create a story out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Now that said, I'm not saying that Ollie's doing a great job because I still think I think every day Ollie's over his head when it gets to these matches. (laughs) I mean, especially when he, when he has to do more than just roll out. Oh, I've got Ronaldo and Bruno and Pogba when he has to do more than just roll that group out there. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's any, any way near an elite manager. I mean, there's no way you can put him anywhere near the class of Guardiola, Klopp, Tuchel. I mean, there's no way. (laughs) Um, and I think that's a big problem that United fans have with him is that, You know, you're freaking Manchester United. You're putting, you're spending millions and millions on players. And yet it's like, oh, but we're going to go cheap on the coach.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like, you know, it's like, oh man, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to buy a Ferrari and I'm going to buy a Lamborghini and I'm going to buy this new uh, Bentley. But, you know, instead of paying a good mechanic, I'm just going to go to like Jiffy Lube. Yeah. And that's. And I'm going to go to Jiffy Lube because, well, you know what? Jippy Loop gave me a real nice oil change back in 99 when I needed one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the issue United fans have right now. And really, I mean, when they get into big matches or they get into these big spots, Ole seems like more times than not makes the wrong decision. And. You know, you're going down that list of teams that United has beaten in the Premier League this year. I mean, you know, they beat West Ham because for, you know, West Ham has David Moyes who can make even worse decisions than Ollie does. (laughs) Uh, You know, and and David Moyes decides to bring in a guy cold off the bench to take a damn penalty. You know, I mean, a good penalty, that's a draw. You know, you're losing points there. I mean, just complete and utter ridiculousness some things that have happened this year but I think that's what has United fans so upset with Ollie is just you know the consistency of you know know, Jurgen Klopp let's put it this way if if United had gotten outplayed by a city like that in the first half and gone to halftime United doesn't come out the way Liverpool does Mm -hmm. because Jurgen Klopp goes in there makes adjustments you know gets his guys fired up on the front foot and here we go with Ollie that just that just doesn't happen. And I don't think he's on the hot seat. Everything points to the fact that United, oh, it's the process, blah, 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 blah. No, they just, they're comfortable at United. They're comfortable in the front office. And they, I don't think they want to make a move to rot the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. but um, I, I, th- I think United, the Unite- Manchester United, not the supporters, not the team so much on the field. But the front office, the people who are cashing those sweet checks and, you know, adding every year to, oh, guess how much we're worth this year? They are pleased with finishing top four so they can stay in the Champions League. Yeah. That's what they're pleased with. Sure, hey, you know, if you, if you go and win some stuff, cool. Yeah, that'll make us some extra money and, you know, sure, prestige, that's great. But they're worried about finishing the top four, getting in the Champions League, and cashing those checks. That's that's what they're worried about, and that just goes against the ethos of Manchester United fans everywhere. And I think that's where that frustration's coming from for them. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, uh, I mean, again, this this uh, one of our favorite things from when we were in the uh, the old show. uh, One of our favorite things one season was the Crucible. And uh, United are about to enter a crucible. And uh, we will see how serious their chances of finishing top four are when they get through that. Um, so that's going to do it for our Premier League talk for the week. Um, there, there is the international break that's going on right now. Uh, Italy and Spain played today in the Nations League semifinals. It happened. Spain beat Italy 2-1. Uh, the most important thing that came out of the match for me was uh, Leonardo Bonucci picked up a red card on a double yellow which I don't know if that means he actually gets suspended for the next World Cup qualifying match for Italy that could be a big deal but um, you know it is what it is so hey that's that's going on World Cup qualifiers going on this next week and change Um, let's hit the news and notes Um, big moves over at Watford West as um, Claudio Ranieri He's back. He's back in the Premier League after after leading Leicester the title uh, about six years ago now. Um, he's replacing uh, Sico Munoz, who was uh, who left by mutual agreement, kind of, sort of, from Watford on Sunday, uh, after seven games in the Premier League season, after he brought them back out of the championship. Um, so obviously, Wes, you know, Ranieri has a bunch of experience in the Premier League. Um, but this is also not the first time Watford has been having a very itchy trigger finger when it comes to their managers.
1: I mean, you know, if you hadn't really thought much about Watford being back in the league, I mean, you know, out of sight, out of mind, it makes sense. You got a quick reminder that, oh, it's October. <laughs> it's time to fire a manager. So, yeah. Watford. I mean, you know, if you're, you know, you can bet on anything in England. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if I'm in England, every single year, like, I'm going to make it a prop bet. First manager fired will be whoever is the manager for Watford. <laughs> I mean, you just know that's going to happen. And, you know, Ranieri might be, like, the only guy they can hire who will make it to the end of the season.
0: Yeah. and he's, um, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, go, go ahead what you were going to say.
0: I was going to say, and he's one of the only guys that might actually be able to do well at the, that they could have gotten at this point in the season that could do well.
1: Exactly. Um, but, I mean, even even with that, I mean, you look at Watford, and, I mean, they've won two matches, which is two more than four <laughs> other teams in this league. That's <laughs> true. So, it's like, shit, you know, how fast would he have been gone if he was at Norwich? <laughs> or if, you know, if if uh, if Watford were in Norwich's position, I mean, they'd probably already be on like their third manager by now. So. <laughs> um, you know, for Ranieri, you think back to his greatest triumph, which was uh, the <laughs> the champion championship winning season with Leicester, um, and that was a. Season where he parachuted in just before the season started um, due to some turmoil and upheaval with, I believe it was Nigel Pearson was their manager at that point. Mm -hmm. And he kind of cruised in and changed changed a lot of the thinking around that club, and they went and won the title. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Watford's going to go win the title this year. I don't think anyone on God's green earth is saying that or expecting that other than the owners of Watford. <laughs> um, but I, I like the hire. Ranieri's shown he can come in and solidify teams mm-hmm. and get them to play a little above their weight. So if anything, you know, for Watford, this may have just been a move like, look, he's out there we can go we can get him he's showing interest i mean we're not rock bottom but we're it's not like we're running away from relegation here so let's just make a move while we got a chance yeah so that... I, I give, give him i give them credit for it i think it's a nice move
0: yeah i, I think it's obviously uh, that that sort of weird timing that watford has but uh, they do cite a negative trend uh, going in the wrong direction for the hire. And uh, according to Athletic, uh, where we're pulling this from, uh, this will be uh, Ranieri's 22nd managerial job in his career. So that's, uh, he's been around the block. So if anyone can actually survive at Watford, it's probably Ranieri. Um, out of bleachreport.com. Uh, this coming out, this actually news out of the championship, uh, a West Bromwich Albion fan was sentenced to eight weeks in prison for racially abusing Romaine Sawyer's online. It's believed to be the first case in the United Kingdom where somebody will serve prison time for racially abusing a footballer online. Good. More like this, please. Um, and then for a story that we're not going to get into because there's people much more qualified than that to handle, but blew up and part in our actual neck of the woods here. Um, uh, North American women's soccer league matches were suspended this past weekend uh, following player protests on league in action on uh, Paul Riley. This is from awfulannouncing.com. announcing.com. Uh, Paul Riley was the head coach of the North Carolina courage, which plays, less than 20 minutes from my house. Um, and, yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> was having improper relations with uh, some of his players at multiple different stops on his uh, on his coaching career. Um, so if you want to go read more about that, go to uh, theawfulannouncing.com. It has a great write-up on it. There was also some great write-ups of The Athletic. It's uh, travesty and insane. So there yeah. you go. Another great thing for... For that, and then in lighter news that we can uh, we can end our news and notes on Wes, um, staying in North Carolina, uh, because when I think of when I think of Mickey Mouse shit, MLS obviously springs to mind, but Mm -hmm. but more importantly, Wes, I also tend to think of Charlotte and more importantly their new club, Charlotte FC. And and this comes to us from awfulannouncing.com with the headline, An MLS reality show with a Charlotte FC roster spot on the line is in the works. So, bravo. Bravo. Bravo, MLS. Uh, just amazing work on truly legitimizing your league by having a reality competition for an actual roster spot. That's... Mm, that's great. So,
1: and all I can say is, I think this is my chance.
0: <laughs> I mean, I sure I, you you have as good a chance as anyone, I would say. Um,
1: I want to be a, what are your qualifications? I watch and talk about this shit, but not <laughs> your shit because that's horse shit. I watch England.
0: <laughs> it's like, how did you become a fan of Charlotte FC? Y'all have a football team? I didn't.
1: I didn't. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to legitimize you guys, Okay.
0: now here's the question I don't know if you can answer this but I, I'm going to put the question out there if if we still had our old show would we be asked oh. to cover this
1: oh, that would be a hell of a bit it?
0: because it's Charlotte I'm pretty sure they're going to be playing at whatever the Charlotte Panthers stadium is but it's soccer so
1: other football,
0: yes. Yeah, so I I don't know. Like like on one hand, I feel like we'd be forced to like that time we were forced to cover the Carolina Panthers, and on the other hand,
1: yeah, it's soccer. So I don't I don't know. Are we are we like literally the only sports like like sports uh, media personalities who were like, oh, cover the NFL? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. But I'd rather shoot myself than have to cover the like you get pe- you know, you get people who like come to this area because like out of college, you know, all those guys that we were buddies with like, oh yeah, man, you know, I get to cover the NFL. We're like, oh God, cover <laughs> the NFL. Just I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's like, God, I'd rather get shot than have to go cover the NFL.
0: What horrible shitty thing did you do to have to cover the NFL?
1: Oh, it's terrible.
0: Uh, hmm. Um yeah, that, oh, we totally
1: oh. be on it. I mean, especially if they like held the trials at Wesleyan College or something. There you go.
0: Um, but on that note, Wes, and I actually didn't have this on the agenda, but you you brought it up, so I I, I want to do it. We don't usually do, uh, we haven't done it for a long time, but we're bringing it back because God, it's just oh. too fucking great not to. We haven't <clears throat> done our dumb NFL story for the week on this podcast in a very long
1: time. <laughs> There's so many to go around. But sometimes
0: one just flies so high and shoots so close to the sun that we can't not talk about it. Wes, how much enjoyment are you getting out of Urban Meyer's situation?
1: I think my favorite development of that today is that we found out the girl's name. We did? The day we found out who the girl is. Okay. She is a she is a 24-year-old class of 2019 Ohio State graduate. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, she is smoking hot. Her name this is like this is a pantheon name of like what the <laughs> hell were her parents thinking? Oh, this is good. Her name is Cayman like the islands. What? <laughs> And her last name is Nebraska. Oh,
0: my God. There's no way.
1: That's a problem. Nebraska. Yeah, you got to, like, you go ahead and doogie that right now. Um, Urban Meyer. God, where do I begin? So, last Thursday night, the hideously horrendous Jacksonville Jaguars, the easily worst team in the NFL. Traveled to Cleveland, Ohio. Easily the worst city in the country. Sorry, Cleveland. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding at all. Um, To play the Thursday night game against the Browns. They predictably were browned out um, and defeated by a large margin. Urban Meyer, who is in his first NFL job and has not won a game, decided that instead of, you know, going back to Florida and, oh, I don't know, working on making your team better. (laughs) Urban Meyer decided, no, me and the wife are just going to hang out for a few days around town because, you know, Urban, former head coach at Ohio State, um, that's where the grandkids are. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Mrs. Meyer, I've got zero issue with Miss Meyer staying behind to watch the grandkids. You know, hey, who, who wouldn't want to go see the grandkids when you're in town? Urban, I understand that you're a grandpa, but you, you've kind of got a pretty big job on your hand here. And, you know, NFL coaches, not really known for you know, taking time off during a season, especially when you're 0-4. So, anyway, that that's like questionable call number one from Urban. Mm-hmm. And for Urban, that would be the, you know, the easy part of this whole thing for him. Urban then proceeds to head to Columbus where he owns a bar. Mm-hmm.
2: Because, you know, you know I,
1: I would. I mean, if I coached, you know, the Ohio State University, I would own a bar. Sure, make you some money. Do your thing, man. Well, Urban goes and hangs out at the bar while his wife stays at home with the grandkids. And Urban then forgets that, oh, wait, it's 2021. <laughs> Everyone has a cell self- phone phone everyone puts everything on social media i'm gonna let this smoke show 24 year old grind up on me at the bar okay okay well you know what that's what it is you know he could have just urban could have just been sitting there as he tried to explain away He could have just been sitting there, and this girl came up to get him to dance, and he was like, oh, you know. Well, okay, that was the first, but then, Ed, the Mm -hmm. smoking gun was the second video that was released. Yeah, I just found that. The one where Urban was checking the oil (laughs) of the 24-year-old Ms. Cayman, Nebraska. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and then she apparently put it, uh, someone had a video which she put on her Snapchat, shared yep. to her Snapchat story, and said, wow, was someone really filming Urban Meyer sticking his thumb up my ass?
0: Very intelligent
1: 24-year-old. Ooh. Well, she went to Ohio State, so you know yeah. what say. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the diploma mill, the, the degree mill that is Ohio State um <clears throat> so anyway this shit's like blown up on the internet uh you know there's a picture of her like leaning against him with her head on his shoulder his wife starts commenting on social media about it mm-hmm. urban and and now you know it's getting all around that hey you know instead of coming back and you know working on his own for a football team Coach Myers at a bar in Ohio, you know, finger-bombing a smoke show 24-year-old. <laughs> um, and, and and then the, the fun part has been not just the fallout, but Urban, like, groveling in front of the media, trying to give this bullshit explanation of everything. And, and just the fact that, like... I mean, this is falling apart more epically than anyone could have thought it would have. You know, most people thought it would be like, oh, well, you know, he's just not going to be a good NFL coach. Well, now he's not a good NFL coach and he's a scuzzball and he's been caught on camera and has gone viral for being the scuzzball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Irvin's kind of hit the trifecta here. Um, you know, t- people are taking bets. You know, will he survive the season was already hotly contested anyway. Now it's like, will he survive the first half of the season? Because, you know, yeah. As as I was explaining to someone from my end of it, mm-hmm. here's the deal: you flip that record around, this isn't really a big deal. Probably not. Yeah. If you're four and zero and you're playing good football, hell, if you're three and one, if you're two and two and playing pretty good football. I mean, this is an embarrassing moment for that, but it's not the news it is. It's news because they have looked completely overmatched and completely outcoached, and Urban has looked like he has no fucking clue what he's doing on the sideline. Mm -hmm. And then he goes and does this. You know what they said? When it rains, it pours. Urban obviously forgot an umbrella, (laughs) which surprises me because, I mean, he's lived in Florida so long. He knows it's going to rain. Uh, I, I do not see this ending well for Urban Meyer.
0: No, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised that it's it's Wednesday, and Wednesday night, and he still has a job. To be perfectly honest, because um, man, like like at this point, the Shahid Khan I think is the owner of the Jaguars. Like he he should know what a shitty move that this ended up being, and like if you. If you ever just needed the best, like, handed on a silver platter reason to get rid of Urban Meyer, well, there there it is. He literally just handed it to you. Uh, like, just get rid of him. Like, no one misses him. The He's lost the locker room. The locker room hates him. His, his young rookie quarterback out of Clemson hates him. Like... He's already fucked up hiring the that that trainer from Iowa.
1: Right. Like right. this is it's been mistake after mistake the, after the his, the Tebow the Tebow thing blew up in his face.
0: Yeah. So like it, there it's just been bad move after bad move. Like, dude, just cut bait. Like this season's already a wash. Just go ahead and try not to ruin Trevor Lawrence's rookie season more than it already has been. Like i uh, i don't I don't know why he still has a job, to be honest. and like again, it's not that he it, just that he was with a woman who was clearly not his wife at a at a bar., uh, but it's just everything else piled on top right. of it and just right. just the absolute right. distraction and and I do like the one picture that's been circulating too, um mm-hmm. from last year uh, when he was an analyst on Fox, uh, college football that has like, yeah, his his signs that there's like a locker room in dysfunction and why a team is failing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like three bullet points, and like all of them can be applied to the Jaguars right now. And you're like, well, dude said it himself. So I this I, for someone who has tried to be ha- to, someone who has tried to have the moral high ground for so long oh, yeah. to see him get this sort of comeuppance is just. Mwah! just chef's kiss delicious
1: and not only that the moral high ground while being the head coach at florida and ohio state yep and i think the um that 2008 national title team i think the greatest stat on that team was like the rap sheet <laughs> which was like you know 31 guys arrested off that team wasn't aaron hernandez on that team yes aaron hernandez was like the stud of that team along with a guy <laughs> and, and, Oh God, what is it? Someone said there, there was like this meme going around a while ago, nothing to do with this point, but um, it said, it said some, somehow there's got to be a 30 for 30 one day on the um, 2008 Florida Gators, 31 guys arrested, a convicted murderer and a preacher playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Cause I mean, freaking, you know, basically Tim Tebow held the moral held the morality of that team somehow together. But yeah, I mean, other than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, urban Meyer is a hell of a hell of a college football coach. Mm-hmm. The man is a hell of a recruiter. Um, Did some amazing things at Utah. Well, first at Bowling Green, and then at Utah, and then Florida, and then Ohio State. Urban Meyer Meyer was sitting on the sweetest gig that a coach can get in a post-coaching career, which is one of those analyst jobs on like one of the big morning shows.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, you know, Fox Big Saturday, it's a good show. It's, I mean, it's right up there with college game day. I mean, that's one of those, you get that job and you keep it for 15, 20 years. You, you know, I mean, Lee Corso, God bless you, Lee. Lee is a babbling shell of what he was 20 years ago. And yet he ain't going nowhere and he's just cashing them checks, baby. Mm-hmm. You sit on that job forever. You don't leave it to go take over the Jacksonville Jaguars without even having bleak portals. <laughs> And that's that's our little inside hmm. Um You the, I mean, if urban if you ever needed to wonder about Urban Myers' decision making, the fact that he gave that up to go coach the Jaguars. Yep. Wow. And and this is not going to end well for him. And guess what? You probably ain't getting that job back now. <laughs> I mean, I, after this after this scandal, I, I don't see how any. Any major network touches him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, I mean, yeah, um, that said, Urban's made a lot of money over the years. He shouldn't be living paycheck to paycheck now, but, you know, still, he could have, re- he, he was in a position to kind of ride off into the sunset. He basically could have been the college Bill Cower,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where every few years when a big job came open, hey, you know, Urban, Urban would be great. You know, hey, maybe they'll go for Urban. So, you know, you get your ego struck there. Everybody brings up those national titles you won. You know, you, you get your little ego boost. Hill Fox probably throws you a few more dollars every time they do it to make sure you stick around. And now he's blown that. And God help him if he's trying to stay home with his wife because <laughs> I do believe Shelly Meyer may be ready to murder that man. <laughs> if for nothing else, just for dragging her into this and her name through the mud now. Yeah. And now that's his option. It's like, well, if I get fired, I got to stay at home. So. <laughs> Yeah, this is, uh, this is, this is not what they call an ideal situation for, uh, for Urban Meyer.
0: No, it's great. So please, I implore all of you. If you're not caught up in the story, please, I implore you, go spend a couple hours and just read up on it. It's, it's amazing <laughs> in how just.
1: And hey, there are, there are videos to accompany.
0: Yes. Yes, there are just, uh. Oh. I think there's one there's one quote um, I don't remember who said it uh, but I remember a lot of people are posting online after this and it was basically like don't ever sleep with someone who has less to lose than you <laughs> or, or like and that's what they said and it was oh oh it was Nick Saban it was Nick Saban it's in his book it was in Nick Saban's oh. book. Like a piece of advice he got was like never sleep with – he was like a piece of advice I got was never sleep with someone with less to you, lose than you. And that's why the only person I would ever fool around with outside my marriage is Hillary Rodham Clinton. And I was like, well, oh, God. there, you go. there
1: sorry, you go. Sorry, I just threw my mouth a little bit on that. Yeah.
0: There you go. That, that's, that's the one person you could find that would have more to lose. <laughs> by, by the news of them sleeping together getting around, than him.
1: Well, well, that, that that should completely keep him out of the realm of cheating on his wife. Because, I mean, I'd just rather shoot myself anyway. So yeah, that oh, ooh,
0: advice advice, um, Urban Meyer could have used. In, uh... Hey,
1: bro, Saban Saban whooped his ass on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Saban learned his lesson off. real quickly in Miami. And uh, and he yeah. never went back. Yeah, Saban's like, fuck the NFL, man. Let, let, let me go back to a college town where I'm a walking god. And if someone took that, if, if that did ever happen, and someone took that video and said they were going to release it, they would find their body 30 miles outside of town, and that video would never see the light of day. I was like, I've got a video of Nick Saban. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> That dude, that dude who poisoned the trees will take care of you, buddy.
0: <laughs> oh man, just oh that be okay. the the talk on Paul Feinbaum's channel. Anyway, we've. Uh, we, how? How? <laughs> how? how? did my good Christian coach do this, Paul? Pal, how how <laughs> could he do this?
1: Pop, I don't care what he's doing. Coach Saban's bringing rings to Tuscaloosa. As long as he's beating Auburn and Miss Terry ain't got a problem with
0: it. Oh, man.
1: Oh, God, I love Paul Mom. I'm sorry of to Fine to again recently. <laughs> I, <sighs> I listened to his interviews. He has some good interviews on there. He had, he had uh, Poznanski on there the other day. Oh, Really? Yeah, it was it was quite good. It was like an hour two on the uh, maybe Monday or Tuesday show. It was very good. What the hell? Did I they recommend talk to you do Oh well, Paul. No, Paul was just a straight up sports writer. Um and oh, okay. uh, yeah, there. Well, you know, Paz is doing the uh the the media tour for the book. Wait, he wrote a book? Well, um that uh that baseball one hundred.
0: I I had um, no idea. I've been listening yeah, to the it's, it's, podcast for the last two years. Is. I had no idea Joe was writing a book.
1: Well, it wasn't someone you know. Wes, I'm doing, doing a bit. It's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. You caught me on the. Uh, yeah, you caught me on it. This Good is the job. second
0: time I've done a bit with you in the last week that you've no sold.
1: You yeah, have. I no sold your shit. It's uh, okay.
0: Man. It's okay. But
1: it, it, it was very interesting. Uh, they, they actually they talked a lot about. Um, um, you know, uh wanting wanting major league baseball to play a game in, in Alabama. Oh um, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. it's centered around Alabama. Yeah. And uh they talked a lot about um like Willie Mays and Nero League and uh you know, apparently they said the only player ever out of Alabama who was better than Willie Mays was his dad. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like what the old timers sounded. Like. But yeah, re- real interesting, but uh anyway. We're here to talk about baseball. We're here to talk about Saban. <laughs> Saint uh, Nick, as we call him, Paul.
0: <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Saint Nick and college football, I, I'm sure as we as we get into pimping the athletic West, I'm sure you have at least one or two college football stories from the athletic that uh, that you'd like to pimp out this week.
1: Oh, Paul, Uh dude. God, um. Uh, this week, of course, the Red River showdown, as ESPN calls it. No, it's the Red River shootout. I guess we're scared to say the word shoot on television anymore, but anyway. Uh, in SEC move, allies, Texas, Oklahoma prioritize Red River. Uh, the game itself is the crown jewel. This is Sam Conn and Jason Kersey. Uh, it's just a, a nice little dive into what is absolutely one of the best, um, uh, rivalry games and all of college football. We're playing this weekend. The Texas State Fair uh, is back after being gone for a year, um, and coming into it an undefeated Oklahoma, but they are a vulnerable undefeated Oklahoma. Mm. Uh, Texas, after being written off after that loss to Arkansas, man, Texas has looked really good recently. So a big, huge test for both those guys this week. Uh, good story there. Um, the Athletic has been doing these uh, these articles called recruiting confidential. Mm. I think I might have brought this up back during the summer, but uh, they basically are going into into different states, and um, uh, each state they uh, they they talk to uh, high school coaches in the state, analysts, you know, guys who are big in in the state high school football scene, and it's all about you know who's recruiting. You know, who's doing the best job recruiting the state? You know, who comes from out of state and does a good job? It's really good, insightful stuff. Um, and this week, finally, I've for- kind of forgotten about them because they hadn't done any in about a month. Well, all of a sudden, they dropped two or three of them, and lo and behold, here comes our North Carolina recruiting confidential. Hmm. So um, they talked to 10 coaches. All the coaches are, um, you know, they're anonymous coaches. Um, they do tell you, you know, where they're from. And I can't wait to jump into this because Coach Six, Coach Seven, and Coach Ten are all Eastern North Carolina head coaches. Ooh, uh, you know. So, and I don't know. I don't know if I've got a a Jason Battle in here or if um, anybody. I don't know anybody else really, but you know, (laughs) or Jeff Craddock. I mean, I'm sure. Why wouldn't you talk to Jeff Craddock? I mean, when it comes to recruiting, why wouldn't you talk to Jeff Craddock? Exactly. uh, So we'll. We'll see. Maybe when I read it, I'll be like, "Oh shit, yeah, that's definitely Jeff Craddock." You know, I can I can tell that jargon anywhere, um, but uh yeah, that was one I've been looking forward to, and they have dropped that, so something to check out. And then you know, because Manchester United is just having the best uh, the best week ever. Okay. Um, Nicky Butt exclusive: Why he left Man United, how their youth system fell behind, and learning from Mourinho um, and Andy Mitten's story. Uh, Nicky Butt was. Uh, one of that famed class of 92 at United, uh, came through with the likes of uh, David Beckham, uh, Stole, Diggsie, um, that little fucking rat Gary Neville, uh, <laughs> and, and had a really nice year, uh, or a really nice career, excuse me, at United, was a member of that treble winning team, uh, got into the coaching ranks. He's been kind of a, a, a divisive figure somewhat at United over the years when you get in there. Mm-hmm. um so of course it's gonna, you know it's one of those dives where they're going into shit so you know i love that uh and then finally uh, just one more to throw in there steve buckley wrote it forget mystique and aura the red sox simply play better and smarter than the yankees nowadays yup yes they do uh in the last nine postseason games between the red sox and the yankees the red sox are nine and one in those games and they've outscored the Yankees by like over 20 runs. It is a hell of a time to be alive and be a Red Sox fan. Just like I predicted at the beginning of the year, it's not <laughs> yeah. hardly. Uh, the Red Sox are in the playoffs and they're in the playoffs proper. Holy shit. What a season it's been for the side.
0: Yeah. It's been really good. Um, I think, uh, so I have, I have two stories and one is, it's actually kind of funny that you brought up from your, for your first article, the uh, recruiting confidential, um, because I was actually going to also bring up a recruiting confidential, ironically enough. Um, Virginia high school coaches sound off on uh, Hokies recruiting in Texas, UVA's approach, Ricky Ron on the rise and more um, by Andy Bitter. And uh, yeah, it's a good look at uh, coaching uh, and how they're the two coaches with uh, no real ties to Virginia at Virginia Tech and UVA are are trying to recruit in Virginia. And man, I tell you what, just reading through this, the biggest take takeaway I have is, man, Coach Number Three, whoever he is, he <laughs> is a fucking salty motherfucker. He, Holy. I think he hate, Like he just straight up hates these coaches so i I don't know what they did to him if they kicked his dog or something, but man, he hates them, so, yeah, it's a good read. It's very catty, I like that it's it's like mean girls, but with football coaches, it's great,
1: yeah, yeah I haven't gotten to the Virginia one yet, but you will notice on there if you go through, them, you always get one or two of these coaches. It's like somebody shitting their corn that morning. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and usually, everyone kind of comes to the conclusion. It's like, well, you know, he probably went through a run where he had some good ball players, and he probably hadn't had any good ball players in the last ten years. So nobody comes kissing his ass and knocking down his door anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that pisses him off, and everybody's against him. So. Oh,
0: it was great. It was just uh, so fucking cat. I can't wait. Um. So yeah, that was a really good one. And then also in in the spirit of dysfunction, um, from Matt Gelb. The Phillies have a new farm director. Now they need to fix a dysfunctional culture in the minors. And uh, man, that's a good article about how fucked up uh, Philadelphia Philly, Philly's farm system got uh, with bringing in outside um, analytics guys from Seattle, I think it was, uh, to just not having consistent... Uh, things that they're different or uh, uh, consistent lesson plans at their different levels and teaching the same things that they're, they're different minor league clubs. It's, it's just a train wreck and, and we'll see if it gets better, but man, this was a, it's been a bad few, few years for the Philadelphia Phillies uh, farm system. So go check that out from Matt. And I Bennett. did.
1: I happened to, I happened to actually read that one. Uh, I think like same day it came out. I don't know how I ended up clicking on it, but it was, really interesting and you just kind of shaking your head like wow somehow these guys stay in contention every year and i really can't explain it (laughs) yeah it's like oh oh you gave bryce harper a shit ton of money and he turned in an mvp season that helped Mm hmm Yep. yep
0: he's pretty good he's pretty good um so yeah those those were my two articles um so yeah, that's us, that's us pimping the athletic out there. I think they're running like if you have never subscribed, I think they're running like a nine ninety nine uh, special right now for a year at the of the athletic. So I mean, we I, I shipped for it at full price at almost sixty bucks, and it's fucking worth it. So if you can get it for ten dollars for a year, just just why why are you even still listening to this podcast? Just go, just go. Oh my god, it's so great. The athletic is amazing. Um, go and
1: tell and tell them they need one more podcast and that they need <laughs> they need this podcast
0: Yeah, so we can have that weird ding, 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 ding at the beginning of the uh, the Fair podcast
1: maybe maybe we could become the new friends on Andy Staples and friends uh, we I would
0: be I would be friends with Andy staples I'd be fine for that
1: <sighs> I'd, I'd be down to be Andy's friend Andy be like hey we've got a new podcast it's um not good but it's podcast. It'll it'll fill up an hour of your commute,
0: so you know it's it's really what
1: you, you want. Go. when you run when you run out of everyone else, listen to these guys. <laughs> now I give them a lot of love this week. My my so my boy Mike Felder, who I used to hang out with Mike Felder when he was at UNC. Um, he was on there this week, and uh, he he does the Power Hour every week with Nicole Auerbach. -hmm. And they were doing um the top group of five teams that no one's paying attention to. So you know, obviously, obviously everybody's paying attention to Cincinnati, and you know, Fresno was getting love. Mike Felder went on three minutes about East Carolina. Ooh, I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah! I saw those Pirates this weekend, Ed. I went and saw them play the two lane green waves. I know the Pirates, ECU's um, you know. East Carolina is like a couple of plays against South Carolina away from being four and one right now. Oh, yeah. Could All be, right. one, could three be one three straight. One three straight. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so thank you, Mike Felder, for uh, giving East Carolina love on the athletic. Well,
0: there you go. Um, and with that, West, let's uh, let's let's head over to the watch for what you're watching in the week that was or the week that will be. Um
1: trying everything we watched this week. Uh it was a pretty busy work week, so I haven't watched a ton. Of course, uh you know, the watch for for the next month is gonna be uh baseball playoffs. That's true. No, we 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 watched the wild card game last night. The Red Sox (laughs) winning we're watching the uh we're watching the um Dodgers and the Cardinals about to go to the bottom of the eighth, tied at one. This that's good stuff, so you gotta be watching your baseball. Um, I am starting the, I started tonight the final season of Trailer Park Boys. Okay. Because that show's just like, that show's just a damn trip, man. You know, it, it's kind of like a really, really, really dirty version of uh, Letterkenny. hmm <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of retarded, but, uh, it's, um. It's been a fun, it's been a fun little ride here. It's been a fun show to ride with, but uh, starting season twelve of that, so that'll be finishing that up. So I'll be looking for the next show to watch. Uh, personally, I'm still um, finishing up on the Good Place. I have not added since we last spoke, but um, still going to work on the Good Place. And great news: Seinfeld is back streaming. It is on the Netflix so i can continue it with the summer of george
0: there you go that's uh that's uh... even though apparently
1: apparently uh there are a lot of people who are pissed off because netflix is doing netflix is showing it like in a different ratio than it was originally um recorded and shown in
0: oh i know i know disney did that initially with the simpsons
1: yes yes mm-hmm. yes and it pissed people off and you know personally sorry didn't really notice it in the episode i've watched so far but you know there are aficionados out there and it pisses them the hell off so
0: i think i know the reason it bothered some the simpsons one bothered some people is because there would be like visual gags of like signs Uh or something that you legitimately just could not see anymore on the screen because of the the fix and the ratio so i don't Um, know if that happens um, inside but
1: well, it's something about, like, uh, I read something they're saying that, uh, you know, Jerry Jerry's shoes were, like, a cultural phenomenon. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And, you know, because Jerry's sneaker collection was, like, a big thing. And uh, apparently, like, a lot of this, like, cuts out his sneakers. Oh, okay. So that bothers people. And, yeah, there are some things where it's, like, part of the gag and um, you just can't see it on the screen because of the way the hmm. thing is. So, um Either way, I'm just I'm just happy I can finally stream Seinfeld again. It's been a it's been a lonely three months without uh without my oh, friends. Without my without my friends from the nineties.
0: Oh. Um. So uh, let's see. What did we watch this week? Uh, we started a new show. Uh, I, I've recommended a couple really good cartoons the past little bit. One was The Owl House. Another was Gravity Falls. Um, we are currently going through Star versus the Forces of Evil. Um, it's all right. It's, it's like, it's like they took those shows. Now, granted, Star came before the other two shows I just mentioned, uh, but it's like they took those shows and what made them good and then put like a billion pixie sticks into everything so that it's like cranked up, not to 11, but to like 46 and I'm just like, I just, I just need you to tone it back like a little bit. Just just a little bit. Like there's funny stuff there. Like a guy who says, yeah, you know how it is. You have kids and then you don't want to be around them anymore. Um, and that line was funny. That line was really funny. But I just I needed to, oh, I just okay. need to pull back. There's a, there's a smidgen of truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that's why it's funny. Um, so it, yeah, I just, I just need to pull back a little um the other thing is I actually right before we record this podcast, I watched the final episode, I think for this season, because I think it's coming back for a season two of Marvel's What If. Um hmm. I am pleasantly surprised how that show ended. Uh I was I remember telling this podcast that I was a little kinda meh on the first episode being uh just almost a shot for shot of the The first Captain America movie, just Uh with uh, Peggy Carter becoming uh, Captain America, as she's known, Captain Uh Carter, and then like it sort of went a little bit awry from there in in the following episodes, and then it started going like really crazy with zombies and all this other stuff, and then in true Marvel fashion, by the last two episodes, you're like, oh. All these episodes I thought were just like random like offshoot stories or whatnot no they're they're actually connecting them all, and they actually pulled it off so i I think it's actually quite good um it's I think this is definitely a show that works better as a binge than as a week to week viewing um but yeah i I liked it it was it was good it was a nice little it was a nice little jaunt through a lot of different uh things and and uh yeah it was, it was actually quite good so i would i would recommend it to all the marvel people out there if you're if you're sticking with it uh i would i would give what if a, sh- <clears throat> a shot and because every episode's only like half hour you can knock mm-hmm. it out in a weekend easily with only 10 episodes so super easy binge if y'all out there want to go check that out
1: and um just speaking of disney plus and marvel um black widow as I believe hmm. today, today being October the sixth, when we're recording this, uh, today I believe Black Widow dropped onto the regular Marvel rotation, so oh. you no longer had to pay okay. thirty bucks to watch uh, Black Widow.
0: I'm I'm, I'm sure photo is not pleased there. with it. <laughs> you know, she's very not. Nice. Um, oh yeah, there it is, Black Widow. It's, it's Fantastic. Uh, good news. It's right there, in, in beautiful 4K Ultra HD. Uh, oh, amazing. Um, I'll,
1: pro- I'll probably because because you never got the chance to go see it, did you?
0: No, we did. Uh, that was actually. Oh yeah. That I did. Was, okay. Yeah, we watched that.
1: We've watched that and uh, Shang Chi. Watched Shang Chi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Shang Chi. Really well, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Black Widow. Um, I've got we, we've got to carve out a night sometime soon to sit down and watch it, but I'm uh, looking forward to. it.
0: Yeah, Black sha- Black Shadow is <laughs> Black Shadow, Black Widow is fine, like it's, it's pretty good. Uh, Shang Chi is, it's not quite at the level of Black Panther, uh-huh. uh, in in terms of being like 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 that quality. Like I think it's a little uh-huh. lower than Black Panther, but uh-huh. it does a lot of the same thing of bringing like. A sort of underrepresented group to the Marvel Universe that that like Black Panther did, um, and that way it really succeeded. But in and in terms of like overall quality, it's like a li- just a little bit below Black Panther, but still really really good. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so, and hey, it now next week because we're on an international break, and hopefully we'll actually do an episode next week. We can talk about Loki next week.
1: Holy shit! Now I have to prepare myself. Maybe yeah just just i don't know there's gonna be a lot of playoff baseball going on (laughs) that's true that's
0: true um i mean
1: maybe we can maybe we can just shelve it and talk about music from the (laughs) nineties.
0: oh god
1: Uh,
0: oh god um, all right. Well, that's going to do it uh, about for us here on episode 384 of the Afford and Fair podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here this week. Uh, as always, we're brought to you by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. You can find them on the social media as well as us. Uh, as a collective on Twitter, we are at AFA AFAPod. Uh, Wes, you are?
1: I'm at West Bradshaw
0: 21. I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, (laughs) and YouTube via our parent show, the All New Sports Show, and email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including uh, Anchor via Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, So, yeah, uh, another night of, of playoff baseball during the podcast. Nothing exciting really happened while we were doing it. Still 1-1 in, now in the bottom of the eighth, so... been yeah. a, a pitcher's duel. Mm-hmm. Exactly what... It's, exactly a, bullpen.
1: What it's a bullpen game now.
0: Yes, exactly what you want in October. Um, but Wes, before we get out of here, anything else you want to
1: add? Um. Well, you know, uh, just like we said, folks, you know, we, we enjoy the co- the foot the college and the high school football especially uh, big week coming up in college football is pretty much every week in college football <laughs> now uh, Georgia heading to Auburn Georgia I'm gonna tell you it, if you haven't seen them that that might be the best college defense I've seen in a long time long time. it's like it's like it's appointment television to watch the Georgian play defense. And then when they get the ball, it's like, oh, okay, I'll go get a sandwich. They might do something. <laughs> but when their defense is on the field, Holy Jesus, that they are special. They are special. Um, Clemson, Clemson pulled off the feet of actually winning, winning and falling out of the top 25, because I don't know what you know about them, but they are pretty freaking pathetic. I've heard they're not good.
0: It is, I heard because I, I oh yeah I heard I heard, I saw a clip of uh Paul saying they've lost their magic I saw that clip
1: oh well now Paul on the Paul front Paul has never liked Gabo Sweeney anyway so Paul is like in a little slice of heaven right now <laughs> that's fair um uh, but but so the funny thing was last week Clemson was playing um Boston College and they came in they were favored by 15 and a half and everybody's like what the hell I don't know if Clemson can score 15 points <laughs> and they had to, let me look that up real quick. I don't know. That might've been around like what they actually scored in that game. So <laughs> it's like, if you can get anything with Clemson, like um, Clemson being favored big in anything, mm-hmm. definitely take it because Clemson ain't covering it right now, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. What? Yeah, uh, Clemson, yeah, Clemson was a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. They scored 19 points. Ooh. And that, like, wasn't bad for them. Um, they scored 21 against NC State, 14 against Georgia Tech, 49 against South Carolina State, but who cares, and three against Georgia. So Jeez. they've broken – I mean, I mean, yeah. And somebody put them – and they gave them a 15-and-a-half-point line. So – Whew, whatever. It's rough to be Clemson right now. Um, but the uh, probably the biggest game, well, definitely the biggest game of the week is uh four o'clock Saturday, ABC uh Penn State heading to Iowa. Number three Iowa hosting number four Penn State. Ooh. Um so yeah, the Big Ten trying to hold on to something. Um Iowa's man, I'm gonna tell you, if Iowa wins, Iowa is set. shit because they don't play Menorah, Ohio State, or Michigan State in the regular season, Iowa would be easily favored in all of their games into the Big Ten title game. Uh, Penn State, on the other hand, Penn State, if they win, they still have to go through Michigan. They still have to go through Michigan State. They still have to go through Ohio State. All three all—all all four of those teams are undefeated in Big Ten play. And, of course, um Michigan State and Michigan, but still a lot of on the as well. So, uh, the Big Ten actually giving you something this year. Um, but, you know, I mean, whatever happens, it all comes down to the fact that Georgia and Alabama are just that much better than everybody else. Yeah. So, I, I thoroughly expect to twice this year see Georgia Alabama. I think we'll see them in Atlanta and then in Indianapolis in the finals.
0: Yeah. yeah. Also, big shout-outs anyway, to uh, it's your, it's uh, your college football Big shout-outs to Stanford uh, for beating Oregon this weekend and filling my timeline with salty Oregon fans who blame the Pac-12 for everything. I loved
1: it. Just, mm. Oh, yeah. It was delicious. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it it was a little interesting how Oregon lost that game. <laughs> anyway, they, yeah, they said with the Ohio State, where I said, well, Oregon's got a mulligan. Well, that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. Let's see what
0: happens. <sighs> well, we'll see going forward here on the Foreign Affair Podcast for my Call and Crime West Bradshaw, I'm Edward Green. Everyone out there, thanks for joining us now. Please stay safe and enjoy the international break football.
1: And good night, America. Just eat up this time of the year. You literally have everything you could ask for.
0: Yeah. Plenty everything. plenty on your plates.
1: The baseball, the football, the football, and if you're into it, even the basketball.
0: (laughs) You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter, at NGSC Sports, and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop.